Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted with me today? Today's topic for the podcast is going to be about your relationship with your child. Since we are called Parenting with a Twist, I thought it would be good to focus on this subject. My friend used to always ask her mom, how can I ensure that I raise the best child? And her mom would reply, don't worry about raising the best child, concentrate on becoming the best parent you can be. And that to me makes a lot of sense and has always really resonated with me. Because if we always worry about our child and how we're creating this child, we're sort of losing the fact that, well, we're the ones that are helping to create them. So if we focus on us and being the best parent, then how can we not have the best child? Great relationships are not born, they are created. And sometimes I think we think (laughs) that just because we are a parent and we have a child, the relationship should just be instantaneously good. And that's not true. We actually have to create it. So let's stop and think of love like a magnificent bonfire. Bonfires are not born, they're created. To start a bonfire, you need the right mix of ingredients to ignite it and then keep it burning. If you ask people what those ingredients are and what the process is to keep a fire burning, there could be quite a few different answers. Just like there could be quite a few different answers if you were to ask your child, hey, let's keep our relationship going. What do you think we need for it? And based on different children, the answer could be different and different parents. So I want a key thing to point out here is that it's different not right or wrong. So because you have one set of ingredients, if you will, for a relationship that you have with one child, doesn't necessarily mean that that right set of ingredients, or sorry, that same set of ingredients would be right for the other child. You and your children are two separate human beings. So be aware of this when you're spending time with them. You may have to remember back to when you were a kid and then maybe engage in a game of tag. On the flip side, they may join you for something you like to do. And so brainstorm for that common list of things that maybe you'd enjoy doing together, but then also think of things that you like to do and invite them to be part of that. As you go through these podcasts, I believe you'll find quite a few ways to engage with your child. It can be over things even like homework. As you know, or as you may know, if you look through the titles of the podcast, We actually did four podcasts just on homework. So that is something typically the parents have to engage with children on, and it's not necessarily always done in the best way. So have a listen to those and see if that is a way that you could start engaging with your child and building up your relationship. 
In acknowledging and understanding that there are differences, there are still very specific things that the fire does need to ignite it and keep it burning. Love is like this. There are certain ingredients that need to be present and a process that needs to occur. A bonfire might go out if you remove certain ingredients, just like in a relationship. If the key ingredients are removed, the love might go out. What is the what are the magical key ingredients that both fires and relationships have in common? They both need to be constantly fed. So wouldn't you agree? Obviously, if you have a fire and it's there and you stop putting wood on it, then it's going to go out. If you have a relationship with a person and you don't continuously choose to put love into it, whatever that looks like to both the people involved, then the love is going to go out. And while we know kids need copious amounts of food, especially the growing kids with the hollow legs, <laughs> we need to also recommit to the relationship over and over again, just like we think of kids needing to eat over and over again. So it's a constant choice to love your child and to work towards your relationship being a loving one. Are you constantly feeding your relationship with your child? Keep in mind that sometimes the fire does go out or change shape, but it's the commitment to rebuild it or to manage the shape of it that gets it going again and sustains it. And you can even think of this for your partner relationship, for your boss relationship, coworkers, really any relationships. It is a conscious choice to be in that relationship and to keep it going. What do you think the key ingredients are? So as I mentioned, things need to be constantly fed. But let's look at the other piece of what other some other key ingredients might be. Because sometimes factors like rain might come along and put something out. In this case, we're talking about a fire. So think about that in terms of a relationship. What kinds of things come along and can change it? or try and put it out. And this could actually be other relationships, could be homework for some of you parents, could be chores, could be that when your expectation of your child is not being fulfilled, you really have to make a conscious effort to still, sorry, choose to love them. So what if your child gets a failing grade? What if your child broke a house rule? What if you decide to get remarried after a divorce? What if you had an argument and both said hurtful things? Again, those are all examples of how something like rain comes out and puts out a fire. Those are all examples of how your love can be put out. So again, you have to be committed to continuously building the relationship, no matter what. As a bonfire needs to have oxygen, love needs to have some breathing room as well. So ensure that the time you spend with your kids is quality time and ensure that you also give them room to have their own relationships so that it's not you're not smothering the fire. So what is the difference between quality versus quantity time? Quality is when you determine the activities that you want to do with your child. So as I mentioned at towards the beginning of the podcast that you're going to want to ask them and invite them to do some things that you really like to do and see what things are that they like to do, like maybe playing a game of tag, that you're gonna engage in with them 
and then you'll also find the common things. The number of hours that parents spend with kids is not as important as the quality of those hours or those times. And if you want to think about that for a sec, why that would be, spending copious amounts of time with your child typically comes after feeling stressed. You've already had a hectic day or you have feelings of guilt because maybe you're thinking that you're not spending enough time with them. So you try and almost like jam it in. So this state of your emotional stress will then get passed on to your children. Think about this like having a cold or having the flu. If you have a cold or you have the flu, you're not necessarily going to cuddle your child and give them lots of kisses and because you don't want them to catch it. So the same thing when you're an emotionally exhausted or frustrated, that state could transfer to your child. So you don't want to give them the extra cuddles and love at that point. So what does quality parenting time look like? As I've mentioned before, it's engaging in activities that you both enjoy and or some that they would really enjoy or you would really enjoy. There's a strong correlation between positive outcomes for kids and the amount of parents' warmth and sensitivity toward their children, which is why doing the opposite in terms of spending time with your children when you have that stress is not healthy for them. So we really need to remember that it's quality over quantity of time. And why do you think that children do need some time away from their parents, as was suggested earlier? So we remember if we talked about a fire and if you smother the fire, it'll go out. So that's the same with your kids, sorry. They need unstructured time to themselves without the engagements of parents for their social and cognitive development. They need to have opportunities where you're not around to make decisions for them, where you're not around to tell them what to do or how to do it, so that they can start to figure those things out for themselves, start to make their own choices. And remember, as we've said all along in our podcasts, that it's okay to fail. So if your child is making a mistake when they're out there in the real world and come home and talk to you about it, that's ideal. That's what you want. You cannot be there to correct them forever or to protect them forever. So you want to be able to give them that time away from you. There's some interesting statistical information that I thought I'd share as well. Did you know that on average, mothers who work outside of the home today are spending as much time with their children as stay-home mothers did in the early 1970s. So I'm going to repeat that because I think it's pretty crazy. So did you know that the average mothers who work outside of the home today spend as much time with their kids that stay-home moms did in the early 70s? I think that's pretty crazy. If you think about the amount of extra pressure then on women to think that they need to work or need to work and then come home and still spend the same amount of time as stay-at-home moms did. So you're adding the strain of managing work, commuting to work, organizing childcare, rushing your kids to activities, home demands like cooking and cleaning and homework, the guilt of being away, being snappy, being rushed, and then you're like, oh, and I also need to spend the same amount of time that my parents did with me or my mom did with my kids. Mothers often feel that they need to choose between themselves and their children. And there's a ghost, (laughs) sorry, there's a guilt associated with choosing oneself. 
that's going to be a whole other podcast on being selfish and why that's okay, because it's such a negative word and it actually should be a positive one. So it's been found that consistently mother's distress is related to poor outcomes for their children. And so what mothers are doing is trying to be those superhero moms where they're doing their best to be the best at work, they're doing their best to be their best partner, um, and then they're trying to spend as much time as their moms did with their kids. So let's think about that for a sec. Quality time is better than quantity of time. So give yourself a break. Choose the activities that you really know your child will engage with you in or say, you know what, this is going to be about me and invite them to do something with you. But you got to do that in return for the kids too. And interestingly, when you look at the statistics for men, although this might not be surprising, men don't experience the same level of guilt that working mothers feel and don't view their children as a source of stress. Now let's think of why that might be. Historically, men have been the breadwinners, and so they have went to work and come home, and that old mentality of a wolf, a wolf, a woman would take care of the house and the children and keep it clean, etc. And then um, that hasn't really changed in terms of a man going to work. So their role models, or our men now, their role models were men that did that. So when they came home, it's like a release because they're leaving their work at work and they're coming home to enjoy their home. And so men have that to view, whereas women have to view, well, my mom stayed home. So without being really conscious of that, they're still thinking that the expectations are there for them to provide the same things that their mom did. And a further factor is that men as work is not affected when they have kids in terms of being pregnant and having to take the time off of work and just the whole fact that you're pregnant and going to work. Um, So that's extremely different between men and women. And my partner and I were actually having a conversation the other day and I got upset with him. And the reason why is there was somebody at his work um, that's pregnant and he was suggesting that, you know, oh, this pregnancy is going to cause her to not be able to do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, that right there by saying that is what causes women to go crazy and to think that why can't they be doing X, Y, and Z just because they're pregnant? And why wouldn't you give them the opportunities to do that just because they're pregnant? And so there is definitely still, even though we're in a modern age and there is year-long pregnancy leaves and the whole nine yards, we're still of that mentality that there is a difference. And I believe that there is a difference. So just being aware of that, women out there that are listening to this, you do not need to be a superwoman. You can have time for yourselves and just know that in doing that, you're actually increasing your child's um, ability to be successful in life as opposed to the other way that we think of it, which is, oh my goodness, must spend time doing everything possible and do it all perfect. And then another 
interesting statistics I thought that I'd share with you is that about adolescence and quantity versus quality time. So it's actually going to hold true the same rule that we want to spend quality time with our adolescents. And sometimes we think that adolescents, teenagers, we'd like time away from their parents. And although that might be true, statistically, the more amount of time that a mom spends with her teenage boy as they're going through teenagehood, the higher chance they're going to have better marks, especially in something like math. So I thought that was very interesting to st statistic because as I mentioned, sometimes we think, oh, teenagers, they need a lot more space from us. We're going to give them that space and I don't know, they'll be teenagers and they'll do better. And actually statistically, we need to make sure we're spending quality time with our kids sorry, with our teenagers, just as just as much as we would be with our kids, our younger aged kids. And it kind of makes sense to me though, right? Because the more time that teens are spending at home and spending that quality time, the less time they're going to have to try drugs and alcohol or engage in other risky or illegal behavior. And I thought the related to higher math scores was interesting and I didn't really find any more information on what the correlation is, but I'm going to just assume that would mean that you would have more time to be spending on it and have that confidence that you'd be able to do it, which is both, both of those pieces are huge when it comes to math in high school. But because the relationship with your child isn't just born instantaneously, as you know we've been talking about, then you need to be really clear that as your child is getting to the teenage years, that all of those preteen years or those eye-rolling experiences, you're going to have to still love them through that because you really want to make sure you have that relationship with them. I'd like to end with one last statistic for you. Did you know that for every criticism, it takes six times the amount of praise to erase that one critical comment. So I'll repeat that one again. For every one criticism somebody gets, it takes six times the amount of the one, so six times the one, of praise to erase that one critical comment. Think of your child relationships, sorry, think of the relationship with your child like your bank account and you have debits and you have credits. So you want to really watch how many debits you're putting into that relationship bank account versus how many credits. And share this with them too. Share this analogy with them because it goes the same way backwards. You want them to understand that they have a relationship with you. And if you think of it like a relationship bank account, then you want them to be putting credits in instead of debits too. So how do you do this? Do this by being grateful for what they do rather than always focusing on what they don't do. Children can't see and live up to the best in themselves if we're always pointing out the worst in them. Think about a past, a past podcast that I've recorded, which is a growth versus a fixed mentality. When you have a growth mentality of your child, it's like that flower that you put in a plot, a pot, <laughs> and you move it. You move it to the sun, you give it extra fertilizer, whatever it needs to grow. You don't look at the flower and go, well, you're innately dumb or you're innately 
not good at something. So therefore, I'm just leaving you in this pot. And or I hope you're not doing that to your children. So you really want to be grateful for what they're doing rather than what they're not doing. And if there's something in their environment that you could change or slightly modify to help them be the best that they can be, then you want to do that. Remember, what we feed grows. And remember to correct without criticism because you love them. You may not just like your behavior, which is another podcast that we did. So in order to really maintain a healthy relationship bank account, there are two pitfalls to be aware of. You don't want to have a mental list of everything they've done wrong on your mind because you just really want to be in that moment with them, correct the behavior, but give them as much love as you possibly can. So for instance, if they forgot to put their dinner dishes away, you would suggest everything that they've done wrong in the last week. Like, oh, do you remember you also forgot to pick up your coat and not put away your school stuff and blah, 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 blah. Plus you didn't put your dinner dish away. That would be an example of what not to do. Instead, you're just going to want to mention that the dinner dish is out. Maybe even you want to clean it up for them every once in a while. But you don't want to list everything they haven't done in the last week, year, month, all their lives, because that would not be building your relationship, your healthy relationship bank account. So one version of that is because you're going to be living in the past and focusing on the past. You really want to work on focusing on the present moment and then how you're building your relationship for the future. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect parents, children, or families. However, as I've mentioned before, take comfort in the fact that you are perfect at being you and your child is perfect at being them. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.